Hi, I'm Mike LeCouture, and this is The West Block, politics, perspectives, and players. The world's rich and powerful met in Davos last week at the World Economic Forum. The annual conference brings together the people responsible for billions of dollars in capital around the world. And while they were there, global financial leaders were asked to put some of those dollars to work to end infectious diseases through the Global Fund to fight AIDS, tuberculosis, and malaria. Canada has contributed $2.2 billion to the fund since 2012, and advocates are calling on Ottawa to continue that momentum. Joining me now is Peter Sands, the Executive Director of the Global Fund. Thanks very much for joining us. I guess for people who don't really know it, explain to us what is the goal of the Global Fund and how does this money get uh, gathered and then distributed? The Global Fund was created in 2002, originally simply to save lives from people affected by AIDS, TB and malaria. But actually our ambition is to end all three epidemics and to do so by 2030. We get money from a mix of governments and private philanthropy companies. Mm -hmm. We do it on a three-year cycle. We raise money every three years and then support programs in countries affected by the three diseases. How is that money actually sent out the door here? And how do you pick what organizations will go to get that money to help end those diseases? We allocate the money based on essentially a formula that gives it most priority to the places with the most disease mm -hmm. and the places with the least money. So it goes to the poorest, most affected places. In each country, we have a mechanism which involves both governments, technical partners, civil society, and they actually choose what are going to be the organizations that run the programs. 2030 is the end goal to eradicate these diseases. Where are we right now in terms of meeting that goal? We're at a crucial point. We've made extraordinary progress on AIDS and malaria. We've halved the number of deaths, with TB somewhat less, about 20% or so. But we've still got a long way to go. And we have to really step up the fight against the three diseases if we're going to make that 2030 deadline. How do you do that? Because I know that there was some difficulty, especially with Canada, in making the ask, and then uh, for a few years now, Canada sort of waited till the last minute to commit. So how do you get a country to commit to that money early so that you know how far you can go? Well, Canada actually has been very supportive, and the last replenishment, the last three-year cycle of funding, was hosted here in Canada, in Montreal, um, with Prime Minister Trudeau as the, as the host. Um, and we're, we're anticipating, we're hoping that Canada will continue to be very supportive um, in this replenishment. Obviously, every country is different in terms of the speed at which they make decisions, get parliamentary approval, and all that sort of stuff. Ultimately, what counts is that we need to raise at least 14 billion mm -hmm. US dollars to fund the next three years of the fight against AIDS, TB, and malaria. I want to ask you about that goal because some advocates have said that that $14 billion US is actually an unambitious goal, that a lot more is needed to fully eradicate TB. AIDS and malaria. What do you say to them? Well, we have said that the $14 billion is an at least. This is what absolutely we need to meet the strategic targets that have been set for the Global Fund. Of course, 
if we had more money, we can accelerate the fight, move faster mm -hmm. on the trajectory to end the epidemics and to save more lives. What if you get less, though? Because if you fall short, what are the solutions to fill that gap? Well, this is the, the crux of it. In fighting diseases like AIDS, TB, and malaria, there is really no middle ground. You're either winning or you're losing. And there is a significant risk that if the fight isn't effectively funded, that we will see um, an uptick in the number of deaths and infections. And, and that's something we really don't... Having fought so hard to make the progress we've made, we really don't want to let that go. How difficult is that fight when you consider there are governments in large economies like the U.S. who are saying, and Donald Trump, President Trump, saying, why are we spending money on this when we're not taking care of stuff at home? Why are we spending, sending money to these other countries? When that type of sentiment is out there, how difficult, more difficult is your job to try and convince, convince large economies like the U.S. and maybe not Canada because, as you've said, we've stepped up to the plate a number of times. But is it more difficult when you have that sort of um, insular um, leadership saying we don't need to help other people in other countries? Well, insular and national, nationalistic politics, which we're seeing some of in all sorts of different parts of the world, clearly is a challenge when you're asking people to step up to save lives among the poorest, most marginalized communities in the world. I have to say, though, that the strength of the support that the Global Fund has in Congress is, is remarkable. Mm -hmm. um, and it's bipartisan and has been consistent throughout the history could it change of the on Global a Fund. Could it change on a whim? Because we know with this president, he, he uh, changed his mind a lot. Only last week we saw 137 congressmen write a letter to Pompeo talking about the need to increase support to the Global Fund. So mm -hmm. there is very strong support in the U.S. But we do also need uh, governments from countries like Canada, countries that have shown leadership on um, global issues, global issues like gender equality, global issues like alleviating poverty. Um, we need governments like Canada's to really sort of step up and show leadership. I'm assuming since you're in Ottawa, you're going to be meeting with the government to ask them about more. W will you be? We, I'm here for the replenishment process, absolutely. <laughs> so how do you make the case to say, thank you, Canada, you've been doing a good job, but guess what, we need you to kick in some more? I think you've artic articulated it extremely well. <laughs> um, Canada has been very supportive, um, but now is not a time to back off the fight against these three diseases. Now is the time to step up the fight and make sure we actually achieve the goal of ending the epidemics. But realistically, it's an election year. Um, international development and these types of uh, you know, programs are not the types of things that get people out to a ballot box. Are you worried that you're going to have to compete with that sort of a thing? Well, people always say that, but I actually think people do care about uh, the health, the lives of people in other parts of the world. I mean, take malaria, for example. 500,000 people, roughly, are dying of malaria every year. 70% of those are children under the age of five. This is a disease we know how to fight and beat, and we should do so. Mm -hmm. But also, some of this is about self-interest. With TB, the scariest form of TB is multidrug-resistant TB. Basically, any known antibiotic doesn't work with it. TB is a very serious global health security threat. It's something we should all be worried about because drug-resistant TB is a very nasty, difficult disease with a high fatality rate, whether you catch it in Kinshasa or Delhi 
all Ottawa. I wanted to ask you personally, you've been doing this for about a year now. What do you think is your biggest, biggest accomplishment thus far? Well, I'm new to the area. My background was very much more in financial services and business, so I'm an unusual person to be um, running a global health fund. Um, I think what I bring is perhaps a sense of uh, the speed of decision-making that you get in a business, um, the focus on results and on data, um, uh, and a determination to make sure that we follow through and actually deliver the impact and, and get to the objective. How, do you, how will you rate yourself to know whether or not, in your personal opinion, you've accomplished what you've wanted to do or uh, you know, the challenges that you have still to come? I think nine months in this kind of game is too soon. Um, I've got a four-year term. Um, four-year term will end on the 20th anniversary of the Global Fund. For me, the test is, are we back on track? We're not on track to meeting the 2030 mm -hmm. goal at the moment. I want to make sure that by the time I finish my four-year term, we are firmly back on track towards that objective. And if you're not, is it a failure in your mind? Yeah. We won't have achieved. And, and this is a failure of huge stakes. Mm -hmm. This is not like missing a quarterly earnings. This is millions of lives at stake. So um, for me, this is something I'm passionate about. Um, it's something that m the Global Fund is a huge partnership, right? We work with governments, with NGOs, civil society, technical partners all over the world. Um, there are a lot of enormously committed, dedicated people. And we are making very good progress. We just need to make sure that we step up the fight and actually make it happen. Save the lives and the epidemics. So how do you appeal to Prime Minister Trudeau to say, or other world leaders, look, we need to keep going on this. We need to keep pushing harder. And, and, and up the game. Get more money in the kitty. Victory is in sight. We can see what we can do. We need to turn that into a reality. And also, if we don't, it's not a sort of steady state. The way these diseases work, you're either winning or losing. We, we need to win this fight. And thank you very much for joining us, Mr. Sands. Well, that's all the time we have for today. Thank you very much for joining us. I'm Michael Couture for the West Block.